This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at Ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your guide to news, arts and culture in Chicago and beyond. Tuesday is National Coming Out Day. And one thing we know can be beneficial to LGBTQ folks is being able to see yourself in the world, on screen, on the stage and on the page. For generations, there wasn't a ton of LGBTQ representation in literature. Many queer books were self-published or published by indie presses. But in the past few years, queer people have had more opportunities than ever to tell their stories and to see themselves on the shelves of their local bookstores and libraries. This queer book boom is thanks, at least in part, to a literary corner of TikTok known as BookTok. WBEZ's Esther Yoonji Kang recently talked with two queer fiction writers and a bookseller who's gone viral on TikTok. B. Hitchman is the author of the novel All of You, Every Single One. Anita Kelly is author of the novel Love and Other Disasters, and Lainey Rose Riser is a bookseller and TikToker. Esther started by asking Lainey what queer representation in literature means to her and the readers that she helps. I think for so many of us, it's just an opportunity to have a safe space to see ourselves. Um, So much of queer media in the past has been the bury your gaze trope and unhappy Mm. endings and tragedies, and it's nice to have a space where we can get our happily ever afters, but also we can engage with tragedy and darker narratives in a safe space where we feel like we can actually get a catharsis from it in a way that we probably haven't in the past. And so to me, it means getting to see all aspects of my queer identity in literature. And B, how have you seen queer literature change in the past five or 10 years? Oh, enormously, enormously. I think a lot of it does come down to this rejection of the bury your gaze uh, trope. So we are starting to see more positive, happy, happy endings, which, of course, historically would have been censored. Um, And so that's that's for me the major evolution that I see. But I also see a real uptick in um, queer historical fiction representation. So um, the idea that we can go back and, and in a way, reinsert queer figures into the past through this imaginative recovery work that we're doing and thinking about what that might have looked like, you know, to experience uh, a queer lifestyle in the past. Hmm. Uh, Anita, what has it been like as a reader and author to watch queer romance um, it kind of explode like this? Um, it's been thrilling, um, and it really has been exploding um, in the last couple of years in particular, Um because when I was a kid, I don't remember seeing any, mm. you know, um, commercial queer romance or really queer books at all <laughs> that right. were accessible to me. Um, and so what's really exciting to me is that the more 
um, representation there is and the more popular it is, the more diverse that representation can get within the queer community. So it's not just all, um, you know, uh, cisgender stories, you're having more gender diversity as well, um, you know, more trans and non-binary voices mm -hmm. who are able to come to the table now. Um, and, uh, you know, more, just more diversity within the LGBTQ spectrum. Um, it's really starting to get more rich the more books we have available to us, which is really exciting to see. Well, let's stick with you here. Your book, Love and Other Disasters, what a great title, uh, just came out earlier this year. Can you tell us a little bit about it and maybe how this book is different from your other work? Sure. Um, so Love and Other, Other Disasters is a queer rom-com. It takes place on a cooking competition show. Uh, the romance is between two competitors. One is a queer woman. The other is a non-binary pansexual person. Um, and they both come to the show with very different goals, of course, neither of which was falling in love. But uh, only one of them can win and mm -hmm. achieve those goals. So that's kind of the tension there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think what has really stuck with people about this book is the non-binary representation, um, which I had been kind of warned about in the publication process that I might get some pushback mm. against. Um, but really kind of the opposite has happened. Um, like the reception for London, the non-binary character has just been overwhelmingly positive um, and people are excited to see a non-binary character on page um, that they might not have seen before if they haven't, you know, been reading more indie or self-published uh, romance works um, where primarily they characters like London have existed before. Um, so, yeah, it's just actually it's been really just heartwarming <laughs> and kind of a wonderful um, publishing experience. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it was like to write London's character? Yeah, so London's character was kind of an exploration for me of a bunch of different things, you know, including my own gender journey um, and other people that I've known. Um, but, you know, London's story isn't my story exactly. And so in the publication or in the writing process, in the publication process, I also had two what are called sensitivity readers. Uh, which are more and more common mm. in publishing where you basically hire someone of a certain identity to like mm. fact check to you to say like, okay, does this seem authentic? What else can I add? Or is there anything off-putting? Um, so I had two different non-binary people um, read the manuscript before it was published and they were both super helpful and you know, a lot of times I think writers are nervous to put their work out there because they think people are going to criticize and, you know, tell them everything that's wrong with it. But my experience with sensitivity readers is they only make your work more rich. And so they, they normally typically have suggestions of like, well, maybe you can add this, you know, to mm -hmm. this scene where London is doing, you know, so-and-so. Um, like, I remember one of their comments was, you know, like, it'd be great to see London at the end of a long day, like really wanting to take their binder off because, mm -hmm. you know, wearing a binder is a pain mm -hmm. in the butt. And um, when you're, when you're really physically active and, um, yeah. And so things like that, that only added to the authenticity of the, of the book. Um, so that was very helpful as well. 
V, let's turn to you here. Your book, All of You, Every Single One, came out last year. Tell us briefly about this book. Sure, thank you. Yeah, um, so it's it's the story of, of, of two women. It's set in 1911, um, and they elope together to Vienna in Austria uh, to start a new life. And so it's really... Uh, a book about you know attempting to chart the the long long romance between these two characters so the book itself covers about 30 40 years um and they settle in vienna they have a kind of queer chosen family around them and then everything that they are about is is kind of disrupted when one of them realizes that she has this enormous desire to become a parent so mm. they're faced with this question of how to build a family at a time when you know, such a thing <laughs> for a lesbian mm. couple would they'd have to so they do have to get quite creative. Um and I can't spoil spoil it. <laughs> we won't we won't ask you to do that. And the okay. um early nineteen hundreds was not a very queer friendly time period, but you know, of course queer people still existed. So what kind of research went into writing uh Eve and Julia's relationship? Yeah, I mean, a lot of research. I mean, I think one of the things that's really interesting is that actually a lot of our understanding of um, queer identity and sexuality was just blossoming around the turn of the century. So you had um, Freud and, you know, Kraft Ebing and contemporary sexologists starting to allow people to think about um to think about their identity in new ways but my characters are just a little bit young for that mm-hmm. so it yeah. was really interesting trying to help them think about their sexuality in a way that would have been completely different from how we understand it so I had to do a lot of research and thinking about how to get my head back into that authentic space if we can ever say that it's an authentic space at all because we can't time travel but yeah <laughs> so and I spent some good time in Vienna which was obviously lovely that's fun. This is Reset. I'm Esther Yunji Kang. If you're just tuning in, we're celebrating Pride Month by digging into queer love stories in literature. With us to discuss their books is Anita Kelly, author of Love and Other Disasters, and B. Hitchman, author of All of You, Every Single One. Also with us is TikToker and bookseller Lainey Rose Reiser. Lainey, you give personal book recommendations for folks. Hearing about these characters and plots, where might they fit in on some of your recommendations lists? They would just fit in in general. I love Love and Other Disasters, and uh, it's as a non-binary lesbian myself. Um, it's Both of those books uh, are ones that would just fit in extremely well on my TikTok and in person because it's so easy to just connect to people and be like, this is what the book is about. And these are the identities in it. And people are so hungry for the chance to read these books that it's just, yeah, it's just an automatic in for me. V, coming back to you, Eve and Julia and all of you, every single one are lesbians from the 1900s. You just talked a little bit about their story. But tell me what you hope readers will take away from these characters. Why why are they important? I mean, I think I touched a little bit earlier on the idea of um, a usable past for queer people. So mm. one of the things that's so damaging to any community is to have the sense of its history erased. And so what I really want is the sense that these lives might have been playing out in this way mm. at that time. It doesn't matter. Obviously, it's fiction. We can't say whether or not there were people like that. But the sense of an archive that we can all be part of, I think, is absolutely what I want. And also the idea of a happy couple, you know, a couple where one partner doesn't leave the other for a man and doesn't, you know, so 
again, can't spoil the ending, but <laughs> I was really interested in positive representation. Yeah, so I think that would be what I would hope people would take away from it. Anita, a similar question for you. What do you hope readers get from London and Dahlia's romance? Um, very similar. Uh, I hope that uh, readers leave my book just with a sense of hope. Um, I mean, I think romance and love stories in general, that's their purpose to kind of give us a sense of comfort and hope. Um, both characters in the book um, are messy in their own ways and go through their own, you know, trials in their own ways. But then, uh, you know, everything's not perfect at the end, um, but they're happily ever afters, you know, as much as they can be have been achieved. And so I hope it just gives people inspiration to, yeah, kind of follow their hearts the way that the characters do in the book. Lainey, you talk about how the book talk community just kind of sort of found queer books. Actually, they just found them. What, what books are people flocking to? What books do you wish people would flock to? I would say that right now a lot of people are flocking to young adult books and romance books in particular because they are seeking that positive representation that they haven't had in the past. And so many people are just finding books with happy endings for seemingly the first time. Um, and that's something that I experience a lot where people are like, I just want a gay book with a happy ending. Mm. And they don't realize how many options there are. Mm. Um, but I do wish that more people would read books with um you know, historical fiction that dives into the queer past that a lot of people just don't know about because we aren't taught queer history. And so I wish more people would read uh, the fantastic amount of historical fictions we have and also, you know, towing into our tragic and cathartic endings at times because I do think that is an important balance. B and Anita, before you go, I'm curious, what's something that you are excited about in queer novels um, and is there anything you hope authors keep in mind as they continue to write queer stories? Uh, be first. Wow, that's a vast and interesting <laughs> question. Yeah, I, I think it, it um, relates back to something that the last contributor, Lainey, just talked about, the idea of working with tragic cathartic endings and thinking about what is at stake in a happy ending. You know, I'm quite interested in the idea that an unhappy ending uh may not always be damaging in the way that it's worked out obviously we're hungering for positive representation but i'm quite interested in um, representing the whole spectrum of, of of queer experience so i think that's something else that i'm i'm excited about um i'm an academic as well so i'm kind of interested mm. in that academically so yeah that's that's i think my my answer anita how about you uh, again, very similar um, and similar to what I've said before. Um, I've read just recently a couple of manuscripts um, by trans writers that are trans romances and feature trans characters. Um, and it just kind of fills this hole in myself that I didn't know that I had of needing these stories. Um, so I'm really hoping that kind of trans romance is the next wave um, that we see. Uh, I also hope more... Um, you know, stories by queer people of color get more prominence and, you know, media attention than they have in the past. Um, but in general, I'm just really excited. And I, and I do want to say, too, that, um, you know, I hope readers realize that queer romance really is for everybody. Um, I know some writers, too, who are nervous to write queer stories because they're worried that they're not queer enough or they're in, you know, a straight presenting relationship and they worry, 
yeah, that people are going to judge them for what they're writing. But really, queer stories, you know, there's no such thing as being queer enough. You know, like, <laughs> they're, for, they're for everybody who wants to read and write them. Lastly, Lainey, real quick here, what's, what recent or upcoming book would you recommend to listeners looking for a summer read? Oh, excellent question. Um, my favorite book of this year is probably going to wind up being A Lady for a Duke by Alexis Hall. It is trans-historical romance, and it is probably the most beautiful book I have ever read in my entire wow. life. Wow, wow. B. Hitchman is the author of All you, all of You, Every Single One. Anita Kelly is the author of Love and Other Disasters. And Lainey Rose Riser is a bookseller at East City Bookshop in Washington, D.C. You can also find her on TikTok at The Lainey Rose. And Lainey is spelled L-A-Y-N-I-E. Thank you all for joining us today. This episode of Reset was produced by Sarah Stark and Isabel Earle and mixed by Brenda Ruiz. By the way, Esther and our colleague Susie Ahn will be guest hosting Reset next Monday and Tuesday while I take some well-deserved time off. Come back for more great conversations, which you do every day, right? If you like what you're hearing, hit that subscribe button and tell a friend while you're at it. Sharing and rating our podcast it really helps more people find us and it supports the work that we do. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.